Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backhield Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on the last episode, I said that the next time you heard from me, I would be in Columbus, Ohio, ahead of MLS Cup, and that is exactly where I am right now. I'm sitting in a room in my Airbnb, ready to dive into this excellent MLS Cup matchup between the Columbus Crew and LAFC. We'll get into a lot of the nitty-gritty stuff on today's show. And there's plenty more coverage already on this matchup over on Backheel.com. I have a beefy preview up over there right now, and there'll be several more stories coming your way over the coming days, both ahead of and after MLS Cup on Saturday between the Columbus Crew and LAFC. So today, we're going to dig into a bunch of the factors that could impact this game, and we're going to do it in 10 minutes or less, because here on the Backheel Show, that's just what we do. So let's get to it and talk MLS Cup. All right, folks, when we talk about a game, when I talk about games, I find it helpful to start with the big picture and then zoom in after that, right? I like to start with the macro and then get to the micro. So when we're thinking about this MLS Cup matchup between LAFC traveling on the road to Lower.com Field to take on the Columbus crew, I find it helpful to figure out, okay, what is this game likely to look like? And then work our way backwards from there to get into the nitty gritty stuff that could have an impact on the game. Now, so what is this game going to look like? Well, if we know anything about the Columbus crew, it's that they're likely to set the attacking tone. It doesn't matter if they're playing at home, like they will be on Saturday, or playing on the road. Crew manager Wilford Nance wants his team to control the ball. His players have been talking about that already this week in media availabilities, talking about how they play differently from other teams, how they play this beautiful attacking football. That's the reality. The players know it. They experience it every day. Nance wants his team to control the ball, move it forward through pressure, and overload the opposing back line. Columbus lead the league in possession percentage, in touches in the attacking third, and in non-penalty expected goals. They are married to the ball, and they're the best team in Major League Soccer when they have it. Now, looking at the other side of this game, the road team, LAFC, for their part, they're going to be content to play against the ball. How do we know that, right? How do we know that that's what this star-studded LAFC team is going to do? Well, we don't know for sure, but we do have a very, very strong data point, which is their last game. They took on the Houston Dynamo, another possession team like the Columbus Crew. They took them on in Los Angeles, and they let the Dynamo waltz in and have 70% possession in the Western Conference Final. And none of LAFC's players blinked twice. Ryan Hollingshead, starting right back for this LAFC team, dropped some bars in the in the post game, talking about how, you know, Houston played this tiki-taka stuff. We don't care. We stopped back. They didn't create anything. That's a paraphrase. But those themes are very, very prevalent inside of this LAFC locker room. Even with their attacking stars, they are ready to be the dog in this matchup. Now, to get into some of the specifics of this game, we'll start with LAFC and their setup. Under Steve Chirondolo, a lot has changed for LAFC, but not everything has changed. Moving from the Bob Bradley era to the Steve Chirondolo era, one thing that has stayed the same is their shape. In most matches this season, they default to a 4-3-3 in basically every phase. Elias Sanchez is likely to be their single number six, sitting behind two number eights in central midfield, and I would expect that to be Tim Tillman and Kellen Acosta in this game. And then in the forward line, LAFC don't really use a true number nine, and we'll come back to that later. Instead, they use Carlos Vela in that central area with star winger Dennis Bawanga over on the left side most often and 21-year-old Uruguayan Christian Oliveira 
on the right side. That is Chirundolo's preferred setup, and I would expect, given that that matches up fairly well with Columbus's shape, that we will see LAFC default to that look yet again. Speaking of the crew's shape, Will Fernandez has used a 3-4-3, which really shifts into a 3-2-5 in possession higher up the field in basically every minute of the 2023 season. He's had some fluidity with his front line, maybe having it be a 1-2 alignment rather than just a flat three across. It varies a little bit, but that general shape is right on. The outside center backs will push forward into the attack. They'll support the wing backs and the outside forwards. Columbus are really good at creating wide overloads to then move the ball into central areas, which is where Cucho Hernandez, their biggest star, can come in and impact the game. I mentioned Cucho Hernandez there. He can play through the center, and that's where we're likely to see him most often on Saturday. But he can also drift. He can drift into both half spaces. He really loves the left half space to create little numerical advantages there, to create time and space for him to get on the ball, turn, drive forward, fire off a shot, or play provider for one of his teammates. If you're looking for a player to watch in the attack for Columbus, Cucho Hernandez is that guy. He was incredible in the regular season, led the Columbus crew in goals, has been a slam dunk signing by Tim Bezbachenko and the front office coming over from England, getting looks with the Colombian national team yet again. This guy is the real deal. Now for the other side of this matchup, LAFC, their star is not Carlos Vela, although he is a very, very good player. Their star is Dennis Bawanga, who scored 30-plus goals in all competitions this year, incredible dribbling ability, good speed, is able to execute all of his actions at such a high level and at a high rate, right? This guy is quick on the ball, and he doesn't slow down. Think back to the goal he scored against the Seattle Sounders in the Western Conference semifinals. Boonga breaks down the left side in transition, which is something LAFC are going to try to do early and often in this game, drives forward, drives forward, gets into the box, and shoots all without ever slowing down. This guy can execute everything he wants to do on the left side or anywhere across the front three at a very, very high speed. And at the pro level, at a high level, and this game will be played at a high level, that is what sets players apart. Now, I've mentioned Carlos Vela a couple of different times in thinking about this matchup. We started with the big picture. We've looked at some individual players. We looked at the setups for each team. We talked about how they want to play. When we talk about this game, I think it's also helpful to look at potential weaknesses for each team. And I do think for LAFC that their lack of a true number nine in this game, and Steve Trondola has gone with Carlos Vela at the nine a bunch this year, including in their last two games, both must-win games for LAFC on their March to MLS Cup. Single elimination clashes, lose, and you're done. Trundle has gone with Carlos Vela up top, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Vela brings a lot of value in that position. He's comfortable on the ball. He's clever. He's clearly an elite playmaker in this league, even at his age now, well on the wrong side of 30. But the big challenge for Vela in that number nine role, if that indeed is where we see him on Saturday, is that he doesn't have the strength. He doesn't have the size or really even the fight necessarily to come in and collect a lot of the long balls that LAFC may end up playing up to their front line as they try to escape the Columbus Crew's counter-pressure. So picture this, right? The crew are in possession. They're high up the field. We've seen this a bajillion times this season in Major League Soccer. The crew are in possession. They lose the ball in the final third, because that's what's going to happen most often when you have the ball in the final third. They lose the ball. LAFC win it back, defending deep in their 4-3-3 shape. And where do they go, right? Columbus already get pressure around the ball, because that's the kind of team that they are. The crew get pressure on the ball. LAFC look forward. They see a forward up in the front line. It's Carlos Vela. He's their only passing option because the crew have closed down every other short angle. LAFC play forward to Carlos Vela, and all of a sudden he's got big center back Rudy Camacho in the middle of the Columbus Crew's back line, breathing down his neck. Camacho has the size advantage. He has the physicality advantage. Camacho is going to be all over Carlos Vela. And Vela, we saw this against the Dynamo, struggles 
to keep the ball when there's a big physical presence behind him. He loses the ball in a lot of those situations. Physical pressure from behind can unsettle Carlos Vela. Not every time, but it has a decent chance of doing that. Columbus are going to counterpress. They're going to press Vela aggressively. That could spell trouble for LAFC as they try to break forward and create the attacking sequences that make them so dangerous on the break. To close out this episode, on the flip side for Columbus, lots of good things from the crew this year. They're good at so many things. They're great at so many things. One thing they are not great at, and mostly not good at either, is defending inside their own half. The crew are great at defending with possession, and they thrive in the counterpress, like I just said. But if LAFC break that counterpress, maybe they play a direct ball to Bawanga in behind. Maybe they can find Vela's feet and Camacho slow to read those moments. If LAFC break the counterpress, or if they pin Columbus back in a low block for a minute or two minutes, or if they get a set piece, the crew could struggle. The crew finished the regular season 10th in non-penalty XG allowed, which is fine, but not great. And probably they're still in the top 10 because they don't do a lot of defending. They usually have the ball. So when they do defend, I would wager that they're giving up more chances than the average team in Major League Soccer. And they're a bottom half team in MLS when it comes to defending set pieces. They're going to need their center backs to find another gear this weekend. They're going to need defensively every single player on the field to be dialed in because LAFC, even though we don't expect them to have a ton of the ball in this game, they have too good of players to not go out there and try to play at times against this Columbus crew team and anything else other than elite focus could spell trouble for Columbus at home. All right, folks, that is it for this episode of the Backheeled Show. Again, go check out backheeled.com for more coverage from here in Columbus leading up to an after MLS Cup. For now, we'll talk to you again real soon. <laughs> 